Well, that's exactly right. What we've done is we've taken the 360, we've added a DSP, and then we've... What happened to your eyes? That big eye. You will need eyes to see. Purgatory's Jeremy. And this is Michael D. Song. All right. On this episode, we're going to continue what me and Mike were trying to do a little bit on the Green Knight episode and continue sort of our sort of um, kind of, uh, kind of Arthurian age. tales, really. Yeah. Arthurian tales, um, uh, medieval tales. Um, uh, but uh, we're going to we're going to sort of follow the Green Knight up with uh, Excalibur from 1981. A wizard's ancient spell. of a lord i must have her one night with her give birth to an empire behold the sword of power excalibur the future has taken root in the present it is done Pictures presents John Borman's Excalibur. Knights of the Round Table, we shall always come together in a circle to hear and tell of deeds good and great. And I will marry. Don't you know me, Merlin? Because I'm a creature like you. Their magic is Merlin. Are you just a dream? To some. A nightmare to others. Their king. Is Arthur. You are my husband. I must be king first. Their power is Excalibur. I swear eternal faith to our king. Sir Lancelot, you will be my champion. Which is that? Greatest quality of knighthood. True. We're high evil then. <laughs> Where you never expected. I protest my innocence. Were I not king, I would make you pay with your life. A world of wizards, kings, warriors, queens, swords, sorcery, and desire. Forged of splendor and magic, 
where future meets past, flesh meets steel, and the only fear is the pain of love. Excalibur, sword of power, sword of kings. Which, you know, I still remember seeing this for the first time on VHS on a on a shitty recorded version that they got my brother done from HBO. And this movie just blew my fucking mind, man. Like as a kid, because right, it's so right. beautifully shot. Everything about this movie is like gorgeous looking. Like even like the fuzzy little hues you see sometimes. I would love to see this in 4K. Oh yeah, I would too. But it's, it's just great that, you know, John Borman, the great John Borman directed this and uh, he's got a great eye. So yeah, absolutely. Great eye. And, uh, and you know, John Borman, like he, he I didn't realize this until I looked in his credits. He directed the first or one of the first on screen stories of um, Porter or Parker from Mel Gibson's character. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm talking about, uh, but, um, I forget what it's called. Point Blank, I think is what it's called. It's called Point uh, Blank, yeah. Yeah. And it's actually really good. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's really good. I didn't realize that he directed that. And then, of course, Deliverance, um, Zardoz, which is fucking hilarious with Zardoz Sean Connery. Is great, yeah. You know, you know Zardoz when you were making that, that Sean Connery was like sleeping on like. John Borman's like couch and shit because he's fucking broke. <laughs> oh yeah, I know that he apparently what I had read in the trivia for this or for Zardos was that um he couldn't find uh, Sean Connery couldn't find any work after the last Bond movie like he was so typecast and so he took the role for uh two hundred thousand dollars which was still like one fifth of the entire budget. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right, it's right. crazy. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. That's crazy. Yeah, whatever you want to, you got to do for the with the red diaper, man. I even though I love that movie, it's a lot of fun. But it's uh, ridiculous though. <laughs> but uh, oh this yeah, cast, yeah, yeah. It, this cast alone too is just it, it's it's insane, man. Like um, Nigel Terry, who's Arthur, which I don't really. I looked up his list and I didn't recognize. He, he has a lot of acting credits, but I didn't re- really kind of nothing jumped out of me as something I'd seen. But then of course you got the great Helen Mirren as uh, Morgana. Uh, Nicholas Clay is Lancelot, who I'd never seen before in anything else. And then, um, oh God, oh, what's his name? Jesus Christ. Patrick Stewart, of course, as it's a weird name. Leon de Grants is, is how it's listed. <laughs> and he's not in it that much, but it's a cool scene. It's just crazy. Liam Neeson's in this. As yeah, I like, yeah, I like him. I, I like him. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Nigel Terry is a, he's fucking amazing in this movie. Like he's fantastic. I completely agree. Yeah, no doubt. I, I, I mean, I him and him. Guinevere both, I think the actress who portrays her, which is, hang on, I have that written down. I agree. Nicole, William, uh, Nicole Williamson's a, is, is an incredible actor as Merlin. Uh, of course, we all, all Abs- of us, kids know him as fucking, uh, what's his name from Spawn? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Gabriel Byrne, who plays a real Uther. character, uh, Uther of Pendragon. That's a real character actually in history. Um, yeah, Liam Neeson playing uh, Gawain. Um, Cron- Which yeah, we, uh, sorry, I what? like. I like seeing the different version of Gawain in this one that we just saw from um, um, the Green Knight. You know, very very sure. different. Yeah, very very different. Uh, Syrian Hines is a lot. I, I love Syrian Hines. Great actor. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah, dude, uh, Munich. He's so great in that movie. Holy shit. Yeah, I agree, I agree. And then not even just that, not even that we have this great fucking uh great cast, man. We got the great Trevor Jones in here doing the score. Absolutely. I mean, this is a fucking amazing score. Like you, oh, you, yeah. you it's uh, I mean, all the things that this man has done. I mean, we have we have class we have classic uh, music in here as well, but do you have his his true personal like stuff that he created for this this movie, you know, he did like, you know, the last Mohicans. 
um, you know, arachnophobia, uh, this is a, a seed of sea of love, you know, um, angel he heart, labyrinth, yeah. he, he did labyrinth with, with David Bowie, you know, so, but, um, you know, this cliffhanger, cliffhanger's got a great sort of mixture between like his score and like classic score. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, I mean, I also love how in this one they use, you know, Carl Orff's O Fortuna, you know, the dun, 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 do, 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 the classic funny score, yeah. You hear that in some, like, it's even in fucking Jackass, the first one, the movie, for fuck's sake. Oh, yeah, like, you're right. It's just right, such yeah. a classic thing. But I think this is the first movie I've ever heard that in for the first time. I think it was for me, for sure. I mean, there's that great score for, like, whenever, like, um, like when a Scalibur, uh is on screen, there's that weird, that awesome score that yes, Trevor Jones brings to it. It's, like, fucking awesome. Yeah, it's that's weird, his like, original thematic that he wrote for that. It sounds so good. Yeah, it's fantastic. But uh, yeah, Trevor Jones is a credible uh, uh, composer and doesn't really get a lot of love. I don't think he's got a lot of love, man, but he's, he's great. Yeah. I mean, I, I would argue John Borman as well. Like, he's been nominated for a lot, but, you know, Post, I think, is he had a, I can't, I think Heart and Soul was a movie he made in the 90s. It's a World War II movie. Post that, he didn't really have any other kind of big hits. And I think he's a good <sighs> director, especially for this movie alone. Yeah, I, I think, well, this is like right, this is right after um, he did. Uh, was it not? Oh, Exorcist Two, which was Exorcist Two, which was a huge, huge failure. Fucking and, failure. <laughs> and so was Zardoz. I think they. I think Borman took. I think he released Exorcist Two like three times, and he edited. He took it out yeah, and edited it, put it back out, and edited it, pulled, pulled it out of theaters, pulled it out of yeah. theaters twice theaters. <laughs> to re-edit. That's insane. My favorite part about that is how John, John Borman criticized the Exorcist so much, and how much how how he thought it was disgusting, whatever, and he. Did Exodus too? Does the same? Does the sequel? <laughs> so funny. Like, well, that make any sense. That's what we call karma. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but um, yeah, no, it's a great yeah. cast, great, great group. I mean, it's it's you know, I even wrote this. It's such a beautifully shot movie. Like the cinematography is incredible in this film, and I love yeah. that it's still got the gritty kind of um, you know grainy kind of look, but still looks like you know fantastical with like the kind of blurry hue on everything. You know what I mean? Like. It just it feels sure. like such a fantasy movie the way it's shot. Yeah, and I I also love the way that John Borman shoots um uh the fight scenes. Oh how, yeah. How they're like uh, they're clumsy because all the armor is clumsy and heavy and and people riding on horses wouldn't know how to I mean like with all the armor on and would know how to really control the horses or control oh, their yeah. fucking arms at the same time. So like it's all this clumsy fucked up like everybody's and that's falling how it down. Would be. And, yeah, that's, that's you know what I'm what saying. I mean? He 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 did it. Like I think how that would probably happen back then. Like it's so I dumb. Agree. I was reading too because that was one of the things I would look up. I was like, how the fuck do these actors deal with this armor all the time? Apparently, it's made of a specially made aluminum that was okay, made okay. by this this famous British um, armorer. Hang on, damn it, I had his name written down. Um. Uh, anyway, so yeah, it was aluminum. It was uh, Tony English is his name. And so the, it, it, they did such an incredible job. It looks incredible. But the movie, it rains so much, it would leave streaks on streaks on the aluminum. So they would have to right. clean all of the armor for all of the extras and principal actors every single time it rained. And they shot it in Ireland, <laughs> so it rained all the fucking all time. All the time, yeah. John Borman even said this was the first movie. Apparently, a lot of the four shots are right down the road from his home in Ireland. He was like, oh, this cool. Is the, this is the only movie I ever made while I was actually able to sleep in my own bed at the end of the night. <laughs> it's crazy. But I mean, I yeah, you were talking about let's let's get into that first that first battle sequence. Like I even made a note when Uther Gabriel Byrne is riding around and hitting people with the axe. He's like tapping them and they're just like falling off the horse. Yeah. Because it's yeah. just so awkward to swing that shit and then, you know, fucking 
ride a horse at the same time. But it looks it looks incredible. It does, and I think it really does help with that score and the cinematography and, and the way that the way that um, John Borman sort of controls that camera and moves things around. And, and the editing is fantastic in the movie too. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, but yeah, I, I do love that opening and whatnot. Um, you know, after after listening to like my very first college course ever today, um, <laughs> listening about listening about all of this because you know uh, I saw at the end this it's this movie the screenplay is by John uh, John Borman. And another guy, um, I wrote his name down here. He didn't do oh, very much, right but uh, um, uh, Rospo Pollenberg. Yeah, Rospo Pollenberg. Um, they based this thing off uh, a, a true life, a real book um, called um, uh, "La Morte de Arthur." "La Morte de Tour," which is that's how it's actually said, and that um, was uh, published back in 1485. Uh, by a man who was an Englishman named Thomas Mallory. Um, he was uh, he was an actual knight, um, and was put into prison. And um, the thing was that uh, he was because he was put in prison. There's some vagueness there. Um, there was a time where there was the War of the Roses was happening at the, at this time. Sure. <laughs> and um, back then they would sort of. You know, people would sort of jump back and forth political wise, um, and uh, he yeah, got caught up. Survive. Yeah, <laughs> right. And he got he got caught up. He got caught up in that, and uh, he eventually got he eventually got put into prison for it. Um, some people think that may have be maybe the reason why, or it may be because they framed him for um, rape or cattle stealing or accosting a priest. Or just switching side to side. There's no real like true evidence of any of that stuff. But I, I, well, that see, we Arthur we is a know. real character. I know this for a fact. But he's like from the fourth and fifth century, and this was written in like the thirteenth century or some shit like that. Uh, Ar- Arthur mean? is Arthur is not a real character. He, he, he's based he's off based maybe on a real character. Yes. He, no, he, he, this is like Jesus. This is a whole thing. Is like Jesus Christ and, and King Arthur are basically on the same level here. Well, I, mean, I, I disagree because there there are multiple like Jesus Christ was a real person, regardless of what you think that he was the son of god or anything like that he was a real historical figure like from multiple different outlets that his identity is proven arthur's is left up in the air you know i'm not trying to discredit you i'm just saying. this is just this is just what i'm hearing from this from this whole tutorial today so right on uh from all the different sort of uh, uh adaptations because this is this is a, this was created uh with uh by by the uh, the sort of Latin and uh, uh, and then the For Wales sure. Welsh and, that's the reason I said and that. then yeah. and then it, British and then you know all the stuff in Romans. Well, that's and, the only reason I said that because Jesus is in Roman records as you know like you know what I mean like an there's true. an outside source of him. But with Arthur, we like you were saying. See, I didn't. I, I it's based off a real person, but it's it's not a real tell. Obviously, well, I, it's so fantastical. It, <laughs> right, right, right. There's a lot of stuff there with that. I mean, you know. Uh, some say that Tadbury Hill and and uh, in, in Britain uh, is sort of maybe a could could be a Camelot back in the day. Okay, who knows? Whatever. Uh, but this this sort of this whole thing sort of originated in the sixth the sixth century. Um, but like things that things have been changing over time. Obviously, like the Bible, you know, they kind of change things over time. Sure, revisionary absolutely. stuff like that. Yeah, Catholics um, ripped that thing apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, you know, stuff like that. And then once the 12th and 14th century starts rolling around, then we get stuff like uh, this French man comes through and he uh, named Wace, 
and uh, he creates like the round table and he brings the romance to it, right? Okay, cool. And then we got uh, we have uh, Lachman, um, who was an English priest, uh, uh, and he basically took those sort of ideals and he brought the more brutality to it, right? And then um, it's like the a long game of telephone. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's even longer than I'm kind of. I'm actually giving you the the much abridged the, the version. brief. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even weird things like even like at some point, um, uh, Arthur's dog somehow was named Cabal, which is a great name for a dog. Yeah, I love that. But um, even at times where uh, some people uh, debated whether or not Arthur had two wives or three, and his second wife was was uh, Guinevere, wasn't his, even his first choice. Um, one of the biggest and definitely truest facts is that um, Uther Pendragon was definitely a real dude. Uh, he wasn't a great guy, That's so I'm not surprised by it. But yeah, and he's not a great one in this one either. He's not. No, <laughs> fucking uses magic to rape a woman, basically. Like, good God. Right, and I want to. I want to just give a shout out here because uh, I wouldn't know any of this garbage. Well, I wouldn't say garbage, but like I wouldn't know all this this incredible history because uh, without um, listening to this, I didn't listen to the whole twelve hours sermon or whatever you would want to call it. But sermon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from this incredible professor, uh, Professor Dor- Dorsey Armstrong. She's from uh, from the Purdue University. She's a professor in English and medieval literature. Um, and uh, I listened to like five hours of the of her uh, lecture today. She, she's incredibly funny and uh, enlightening and fun to listen to. And she broke down a lot of this stuff for me today. And I got some stuff here that I'll kind of bring up while we go through the movie. But um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of revisionist stuff here. And I, I, I think one of my favorite things about this is that she she mentions in here that um, um Back then, uh, a, a lot of uh, sort of uh, what would you call them? Um, uh, not art, not art, like sort of the sort of the poets and uh, sure. the poets, writers. Scholars, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, Artists. I guess so. Yeah, uh, they would. They actually respected people that actually took uh, several different stories that have been created down the line, and then sort of take those stories and then make them something that they uh, their own. They and were, that makes sense. You, you they, see that nowadays. Well, they respected that more than actually people that created original stories, which I thought was very oh, interesting. Okay. That is, yeah. So, like, Holy yeah, shit. so, yeah, we have like uh, this, you know, uh, we have this man uh, who wrote. Oh, sorry. Hold on. My phone's going off. Um, we have this man here, uh, Mallory, who, while in prison, decided for himself to collect all this inst- all this information. And uh, basically create his own sort of Arthur Arthur story, and I oh sorry I find that I found that very interesting. He and he created some some really interesting stuff like um, I forget the sort of uh, the sort of knights agreement or I forget, there's a there's a name for it the I code the, the code basically yeah. saying that yo you will up uh, you know uh, you know you will protect women it's, it's protect the one women's rights Arthur gets that. Yeah, he gets that code when he's in the river or whatever in the movie. <laughs> right. Okay. But anyways, we're, no, going, that's awesome. we're going with the movie, so. No, 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 you're good, man. I want to hear about that. I don't know anything about this. This is infinitely fascinating to me. <laughs> <laughs> I well, love this I know, shit. I know at some, you know, at some point later on, we, we um, I, I guess maybe we shouldn't get into it just now, but more like when we get into the Grail stuff, which I there's a lot of Grail okay. stuff and a lot of. Uh, different versions from different authors and their different point of views with the Grail, but um, I didn't. I, I don't remember this now. Uh, I finished. I've seen this movie like ten times, but after listening to uh, uh, 
the professor professor uh, Dorsey's um uh, her her lectures um have kind of kind of forgotten a little bit about the movie but uh, <laughs> I don't I don't think they show Arthur and here sort of like uh taking on the Romans and defeating them no I don't think that happens in here but um it's wrong. it's to be honest it's not even really specifically stated what armies he's fighting it's not um, no you know, he, you know, he gains power and I'm not trying to jump around, um, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's never really fully stated who they're fighting or what lands they're taking over. <clears throat> right. I wanted to mention that the, the, the book that they, they uh, based this off of, it's called uh, La Morte de Tor, which we, we mentioned before, but which means the death of Arthur. So that's pretty oh, okay. Shit. Yeah. Uh, it's like John dies at the end, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> except this one's true. <laughs> Well, we kind of find out that that, that Uther Pendragon really wants um, this this man's lady. Uh, his, yeah, his, dude. His so that, that is that E. Grain is played by the daughter of the director of the movie. He's got his really? own. Yes. Oh. So, so this is this is hilarious. So E. Grain is played by one of his daughters. The lady in the lake who holds Excalibur. That's his eldest daughter, the director. Whoa. And then the, the 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 young the young kid in the armor I, f- I forget his character's name Arthur and, Mordred Morgan yes that uh, that's his youngest son <laughs> all the Mormon kids are in this movie yeah like one of the jokes in Hollywood I read this in trivia was like this was the family affair <laughs> for for Mormon <laughs> or whatever it kind of reminds me of a little bit of uh, Dario Argento Dario Argento always gets Argento yes. Argento get naked in the showers and shit all the time so that's a weird so one fucking fucking French man <laughs> yeah um, but it's um, weird yeah, so. That's what's crazy, you know. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Um, Uther, he is this incredible um, general and leader, and and really Psychopath? just badass fighter. Yes, <laughs> and he, he he throws everything he's worked for away just to bang this one chick yeah, who yeah. happens to be married to the guy he's got a fucking um, what is it, a treaty with or whatever. It's like or, right. you know, like come on, man. Like good God, dude. There's plenty of women in the world, bro. <laughs> It's weird that it, it, that that sort of stuff didn't come to like much later in the story over and hit over through the times of history. Like it was, you know, uh, Arthur was just a dude who's a good dude and helped his helped his um, his land of Breton, you know, stuff right. like that. But then all of a sudden, you know, we get later on and we get you know, uh, other people sort of like adapting it and like ah, put a love story in here, you know. And, well, so and like the, the, like Merlin and Morgana were they mentioned in the in the earlier tells because those yeah. are like the most interesting characters to be. Yeah, they were. Um, I believe. Uh, let's see. Uh, I believe. I, I don't have uh, some. Yeah, so Dude, Merlin. No Merlin. <laughs> Merlin. Originally, his name was uh, Mirrodin, um, which is funny because the the French hated it because uh, you know Mirrod means like shit. <laughs> you know, like they hated it. But, it's uh, yeah, it's like Mirrod or something. <laughs> yeah. So uh, in real life, uh, uh, Mirrodin or Merlin uh, was a real uh, a real sixth century uh, bard. He was then reworked into what is now Merlin, a uh, magical like a wizard, uh, magician. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's sort of the Welsh sort of origin of the whole thing. Okay. Um, Morgana was uh, that as well. Um, that was kind of uh, that's. There hasn't been too much change about Morgana really that much, I don't believe. Okay. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, the son. 
I just said his name. I just just forgot his name. Uh, Mordred or something like Mordred. Yeah, Mordred. Um, he's that was sort of that's basically sort of the same too. That stuff kind of advanced after a while, you know. But but like in in the the stories, it was like thousands of armies together. And this okay. we got like maybe like fifty people against fifty people or whatever. Uh, sure. But like it was like thousands of armies fighting against each other and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a, a trip, and it was I think. Uh, uh, his, I think the the original pronunciation of uh, Morgan was Maldrout. Uh, Maldrout, no. <laughs> yeah, <Maldrought, yeah. laughs> I did. I did. I did learn that uh, Cambria is actually a um, a Welsh word. It's a Cody oh, yeah, no. thing, but it's a it's a Welsh word. So, and it means something. I forget what it means for, but yeah. Uh, but the, I thought it was interesting that also uh, Morgan was an uh, Mordred. Uh, uh, in the sort of the Welsh ancient history wasn't always that Arthur's son. He was also possibly a king at some point and uh, a, a noble king who actually fought a, huh. fought with King Arthur side by side. Damn, they really changed that up. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah. And I would say uh, Gawain, who uh, Liam Neeson plays in here, um, is the oldest of these fables. Because it's a not it's anonymous, uh, we, which we find out you watch the uh, sure. night or whatever. But like, uh, yeah, the really it's, it, the, even um, uh, Professor Dorsey had a pro, had had trouble sort of uh, sort of connecting that tissue back in history because it's really lost now. And it's interesting that what game and all you have there, is tales yeah. and not actual facts. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's fascinating. <laughs> it is. It's, it's pretty. It's it's a trip, man. It, it really is. Uh, but we got we got a lot we got a lot here. <laughs> yeah, I I feel you, man. And like you know, it, go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say that like we get the Percival stuff. The Percival stuff is so different in the legend. So really, different. yeah, it's a lot different. Dude. Like crazy. Percival, Percival isn't the Percival isn't not the guy who finds the Grail. No shit. Yeah, he doesn't find the Grail. It's Galahad. Oh. Galahad finds the Grail, and he is. is and it, he ascends to heaven immediately. And what he the finds, fuck? He finds the grill easier than anyone else. Everybody else is tromping around, you know. Sure. Everybody else, Percival, everybody. But, like, you know, Galahad finds the fucking grill immediately and ascends to heaven. Damn. Yeah, I had no idea. That blows my mind. <clears throat> he's, not even the, he's not even in the fucking movie. I know. <laughs> I know. And he's, like, one of the, the, the more prominent knights in the legends, too. Like, right. It just blows yeah. my mind. Even though I love Percival, I think Percival is like one of my favorite characters. In this whole He's movie. great, and and the guy who portrays him in this movie is excellent. I agree. Um, I have some history on Percival, which is really cool. Um, Percival is uh, is raised by his his mother. After his fa- his brothers, he has two brothers, and his father are killed in a nighttime activity. Now, this could be night, Sex. like night, <laughs> or it could be uh, knigt because there are there are times oh, where. The Professor Dorsey brings that up in in the uh, uh, in this uh, the, the the whatever I forget what's called all of a sudden, but but she brings that up every once in a while. Um, but like there there are definitely differences between that because knights were also supposed to go out in the city and talk to women, talk to the civil uh, the, uh, the the people of the town, and you know uh, sort of what truly really protect them like from everything from from thievery hey, from I, rape. I was- and yeah. then also just figure out what's going on. I'm assuming amongst like the Commonwealth too. Right, and this is, is and this is later on. This is when uh, uh, when this writer here, uh, who wrote the story for this, 
th- th- that's adapted for this story, when he brought all that stuff into it, he brought all the, you know, this sort of uh, King's Code, uh, Mallory, sure. Thomas Mallory, he brought all that stuff into it. But um, yeah, so uh, so um, he's raised by his, they, his, his brothers and his, his father die in a nighttime activity. He meets some knights on, the, uh, on, on just, he meets some knights one day and uh, basically becomes obsessed with knights and wants to be a knight. And um, he's from nothing because he's, he's a poor guy. And uh, right. his mom allows him to go on an adventure um, to sort of uh, basically find out whether or not he wants to be a knight or whether or not he can be a knight. And if he's worthy, he, yeah, he's worthy or not. And then while uh, uh, while he's away, um, she literally collapses in despair and dies. Jesus Christ! Yeah, <laughs> and then eventually yeah. you find out that uh, Percival is worthy. He's great with swords. He doesn't have manners and whatnot. And eventually, what you kind of find out is that um, Percival, um, uh, while on his adventures, and uh, he finally he comes to a castle, and it's being headed by a uh, a king called the Fisher King. And the Fisher King um, has some children and a wife. And um, he, Percival is scared or worried or maybe ashamed to ask any sort of questions about anything in the castle because the, the Fisher King is being so nice to him. He welcomes him in and whatnot. And he sure. finds and he finds that the Fisher King has got he, he has the, he has grails all over the place. Just regular grails. No Jesus Christ, no cup of Christ, no uh, Joseph Arimathea cup with catching Some the blood of Christ. Uh, just tablets, <laughs> you know. You know what I mean? Um, he didn't ask any questions about it. He goes to sleep the next day. The king, his kids, his queen, the whole town for the most part, they leave. They're all gone. They all they all disappear. And while he's walking through the count, the the uh, count circle, uh, lady walks up to him and basically, basically sh- shits on him because <laughs> he didn't he didn't ask the two questions. He was supposed to ask two questions of the king. And if you would ask the que- the two questions of the king, the, two, the, the king would realize that that the uh, that the uh, um, uh, the cup, um, the grail, yeah, the grail uh, was what he needed to drink from to resurrect his people and his land. And since he didn't do that, his his land falls in despair, and so does his kingdom. So he leaves. Holy shit, that's crazy. He, he leaves. So. But yeah, I got I got lots of stuff like that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but um, I, I I gotta mention this. I I um I wrote this down. I love this um this line in this movie uh, by Merlin. Uh, I have walked my way since the beginning of time. Sometimes I give, sometimes I take. It is mine to know which to know which and where to know which and where which. Reminds me a lot of Gandalf's first lines and fucking. I agree. Rings, you know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. <laughs> Which is ironic because Borman only did this product after his he tried to do Lord of the Rings and it was canceled. Yeah, it was canceled <laughs> pretty quick. Yeah, <laughs> he tried. That's just crazy. Yeah, right. I mean, got in the fucking late '70s, early '80s. How could you do Lord of the Rings? <laughs> right, right, right. Even though they did a great job with Excalibur, I, I think I, they did such a good job. I really do feel like. Um, uh, Ian McKellen definitely took a lot from this this uh, this Merlin. Like he's he's goofy, he's funny, dark, um, but he's I, he's all that sort of stuff that Gandalf is in Lord of the Rings. I agree, and that that Magneto's metal plate on his head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right, I love it. Right, right. Yeah. 
Um, but, but we get we get uh, we get um, uh, Uther uh, uh, basically like Merlin basically like uh, uh, sends a basically delusions the. Uh, the, the... Well, he gets Merlin. He gets Merlin to, to 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 do the magic so that he can have one night with this chick. And Merlin's one like, night. "All right, bitch." <laughs> and I like the way he says it. it's like whatever issues from your lust, I get basically. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so whatever kid comes from this, that's my kid. <laughs> yeah, it's like Rumble Stiltskin or some so, shit. That guy's so focused on getting laid, he didn't give a shit. <laughs> I I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Just give it to me, man. Give it to me. It's so fucked up. That's such a fucked up scene. But like, I I do love the sequence of when they do like the dragon's breath and he rides the horse over to the castle. But man, yeah, what a you. fucked up sequence to yeah. rape this chick that she thinks it's her husband. And then Morgana wakes up when her real father dies. It's so funny how the, her, her dad dies. The birds fly up and it distracts on me. Just falls on these spikes. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, what a yeah. shitty way to go. <laughs> I like, I, yeah, I love, I love it. It's like it's so like. Um, uh, it's a weird I, scene. I can't think of the word, but this it's just like uh, it's not your sort of what you would think it would be. Sort of like, uh, uh, sort of distracting you from your expectations of what it might be. It's. Just I like, agree. Oh yeah, oh, it's, it's subverting. Oh, shit, I actually died. <laughs> I knew he was going to, but just not like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, the, you know, that fast forwards, um, of course. Um, they, there's a lot of time travel. They have a kid. I love. Yes. And I do, too. And it's it's really done very quickly, like with no explanations, no 18 years later or some shit like that. And I like it. It's done tastefully. I, I agree one with of, that. One of my favorites is, and I know this is jumping ahead, but when Mordred goes from the kid to like 18 years old real fast when Helen yeah. runs in front of him. Really cool shot. Me too. I, I mean, I, me too. I agree with that too. I, I also love seeing um, uh, sort of Mordred, um, I mean, Morgana. I love seeing Morgana uh, basically rape Arthur, who she knows that's, his, that's her brother. That's but her fucks brother. Him anyways. Um, and I, I love that line. Siblings, but Jesus. <laughs> I love that line where she tells like uh, Merlin, like, like, like uh, you know, you, you, Basically under uh, underestimated me, uh, underestimated, underestimated. I can't see the fucking word right now. My brain's <laughs> underestimated. <laughs> underestimated. Yeah, yeah, you got it. But like, like now I'll, I'll birth a god, you know, and goes rapes him, and then the next, like, I guess a couple scenes later, she's pregnant, and it looks like she's really pregnant. So like, I, it looks I, real. I, wrote, I wrote the trivia in that it's that's actually a pregnant lady, and they have that scarf or cow kind of right around the neck area, and then Helen Mirren is on her knees with her head oh, poking classic. up through that area. So yeah, it, it's classic. yeah exactly classic kind of horror kind of look. Yeah, um, it's a, it looks great. So they did an incredible job. Yeah, and that's what I got to say for a movie that came out in eighty one, like the the special 81. effects and everything look really really good, and they've aged yeah. well. I think they did too. Yeah, I think a lot of this stuff ages really well. Um, I think that um, there are some some truly incredible scenes in here. Uh, I wish I wrote down the lines, but I have already have so many fucking notes. But I think the lines between uh, there's a line, there's a, a whole scene between uh, Arthur and Guinevere when Guinevere has become a nun. That whole scene is incredibly oh, acted. It's amazing. Yeah. Like like you really you really feel for Arthur. And Arthur, has, I feel for them both. Well, I, I do feel for them both, but I'm, I just, I love the fact that like they don't, they don't try to make King Arthur look like a bad guy. Like he, obviously, he's a kid when he, he gets the stone, the sword from the stone, which is an awesome scene. And um, when he, he basically finally comes to realization here, like, 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 listen, I, he comes all this way, all these years, ten years, right, looking for the Grail, 
And he he finally gets back to Guinevere, and he's like, I I want you I I want to ask for your forgiveness. Will you give me? Your yeah. forgiveness? It's like, damn, like Jesus. And she's and she's become a nun at this point because you know obviously her and yeah, well, yeah. they they had they had a love man like it's yeah. not it wasn't right it's fucked up it's it's horrible. But yeah. at the same time, Merlin warns Arthur of this, just like he warned Uther at the, you know, right. whenever he, Arthur's father, he's like, you know, I'm telling you that, you know, a great love is going to betray you with someone else you care about, so, you know, paraphrasing. Yeah, and it's like, like he tells him right there, and he's like, oh, death. Guinevere. He's like, you don't even fucking hear me right now, basically. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly, yeah. <laughs> I, I love the love is deaf line, though, from Merlin. Oh, yeah, it's great. like love is deaf and also blind. <laughs> also blind, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Like, like, um, I love how Merlin is, uh, kind of like a, he's basically kind of a God. Like, um, he kind of just walks through civilization to sort of find into sort of, uh, point in the right humanity, direction. I guess. Yeah. Point in the right direction to help civilization, but he keeps failing. Like how many times he's failed before this and finally found Arthur, who's a, is a good King. But he yeah. kind of fails too. But then at the end, he has this, you know, retribution, and he he comes back and sort of well, resurrected, really. So I also think that that's kind of um, uh, another plot point that no one should know their future. And when Merlin discloses this to everyone, shit always ends up going very badly. <laughs> oh right, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. And even towards the end, he's like, I, you know, I, I don't have the sight anymore. And that's the thing; he got tricked by Morgana. But luckily tricked her at the same time. But he is imprisoned in that ice tomb forever. He's able to infiltrate people's minds and speak to them that way. But apparently in the original apparently in the original book, he is um forced to stay physically in his grave, but stay alive forever. <laughs> but he can never <laughs> leave he can never leave his coffin, so to speak, underground. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. I, uh, I, my uh, my lecture didn't get into that stuff. It's just more like just the people and uh, the characters and whatnot. But that's a, that's incredible. Yeah. I, well, I was gonna say, if people want to go out here and listen to this, listen to a La Morte de Tour, you can. It's on Audible. Um, it's gonna let you guys know that it's a thirty-seven hour and twenty-six minute book. <laughs> so it's a long one. And it's written in that old timey kind of language. So. Yeah, it is. I, it if I could have done it, I would listen to it, but I did have time. So, but uh, I'm going to check it out now. That's insane. But, yeah, but that's just crazy talk. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's a it's a big one to check out. But like, it's a big tome, man. I mean, when this dude, uh, when Mallory uh, turned it in, it was fucking huge, man. So, and that's did, enough. Didn't do a lot of editing back then, so just let it ride. Let it ride. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I do love Lance a lot in here. I love um, I love uh, Leo uh, Leo Grants. I love Leo Grants. He with Patrick Stewart's character. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't I, see him that much. I was kind of disappointed there. He, you know, he's kind of speckled yeah. about basically. <clears throat> there's a lot of there's a lot of nights that you don't get a lot. Um, sure. Apparently, the original cut of this movie was like three and a half hours long too. <laughs> which I, w- I wish I, I wish I would have totally got that. Totally watched that. that. <laughs> yeah, I would like yeah. yeah. Um, but um, he, like even um. Professor Dorsey even gets down with that, like, like, and talks about how all the knights were supposed to be, and lo- a lot of the knights that were originally in uh, La Morte de Tour are in this in this movie, um, uh, but uh, they all and it, it sort of breaks down like um, uh, Mallory's he had a kind of a glossary or whatever, and then like it kind of 
gave backgrounds for everybody or whatever. Okay. And like most of the nights, Index kind of they're thing. so different from each other, like crazy different from each other. And and right. and they all they all they all are very different from each other, you know. So. I get that, man. And I mean, that's that's something that's been written written so long ago. It's like we were talking about earlier. It's inevitably going to change drastically. But I do love the version we got in this movie. I think it's it's. It, I mean, Christ, dude, it's so creepy. The fucking their child in that gold armor. That shit creeped me out when I was a kid. That final sure of armor battles. Yeah. yeah, dude, that just like you see him in a kid. He still has the small armor. Looks exactly the same that he grows up. It's the same shit. I was like, God, that's creepy. I don't know. Something about that whole look with the curly hair on the helmets. Like, I don't oh, know. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, the laughing and then the, uh, the hanging tree, which looks amazing. And oh, dude, that, that's what I was going to say. I love that sequence when uh, I believe it's Percival is Percival, going yeah. out. Yeah. And the, the juxtaposition of him being hanged, but then also having the vision of seeing the girl and getting so close to it. And, right. you know, him climbing over the bridge and whenever that rope breaks is when he falls. Um, you know, it comes, it stays alive. Basically, I thought that was such a cool scene. It was very smart, and the the fact that like Percival eventually, um, he he had the Grail in his hands, but like was scared to know I'm what maybe the Grail, what it yeah. means or whatever. I failed you, for Arthur. I failed. Such and all cool this stuff, scene. and like there are things in this movie that we could they could never do today, especially like like the end where. Uh, Arthur gives Percival the, the, the Excalibur. He's like, throw, find a cool place, to, to cool lake, to, a cool pond, wherever it throws in. And he goes to do it. He don't do it. Comes back. Arthur's still alive. Uh, I can't do it. You know, he's like, you have to do it because this is the only way we're gonna get a. Uh, I command you. <laughs> yeah, I demand. I command you. But like, like that's the only way. This uh, Britain, this country, this this place, our, our 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 homeland is gonna find a real king again. You you have to throw it in. It's amazing. Like you would never get that now. Like a dude takes off, comes back, takes off, comes back. Like like it's it's I amazing. I love it. And, and that shot too, when he throws it in the water and her hand just kind of catches it. It's such it's a, a cool shot. shot. Right there. Like, like the sword swings up and like it's the camera comes down and like it just works perfectly. Like perfectly. It's, it's awesome. I agree. <clears throat> so ambitious. So ambitious. Uh, another little funny tidbit I thought was funny in the trivia I found. Um, Helen Mirren's breastplate that she wears towards the end. Oh, towards the end, silver yeah. one. Yeah, um, yeah. Apparently, yeah, John I know that Borm one. has it in his house, but in his will, he has it gifted to Helen whenever he dies. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah, she's wonderful in this. I, I, this movie. She's, um, the best, I, she's the best part, in my opinion. I love her portrayal. I, I, it's it's hard for me to to say which one's best. I mean, I I I really love Nigel Terry. Uh, Nigel Terry, man. Nigel oh, Terry, he's fantastic. He's just fantastic. Uh, the, the movie, like you can't say this for a lot of movies. I mean, I think the uh, I can say it for a couple of movies, but like literally, this is one I can throw in there in the books. But like, this is truly an epic movie. All of it. Like, yeah, it's absolutely. Literally like, Arthur, even like you go to uh, Percival, uh, Guinevere, all these people, like even even fucking Merlin, who's who knows how long this motherfucker's been on this world. Right. He's been here for a long time. He's even a point in here where you talk about there's other worlds than these, which remind me a lot of like um, there's a line in the Dark Tower that's um, spoken like go then there are other worlds than these. Jake says it to the gunslinger Roland when he falls off the uh, the cliff into the darkness and dies. Uh, but like, right. like, like, there's a lot of stuff in here that's just so epic, and you feel the epicness. That scene where 
Percival says, fuck it, finally. And there's a great scene of him underwater shedding his skin, basically, by shedding armor. Taking oh, armor I love off. that shot. And then he has another vision scene. right after that, too. Yeah. Yeah. There's another vision of Arthur. Like, yeah, he's like, no, you are worthy. Go get this motherfucker. <laughs> right, right. Love that shot. Um, and I, I, and the, the fact that, you know, Percival shows up, Percival shows up and that you are, you, you, you and the land are one. You are one. And he sips from the he sips from the uh, the goblet and uh, uh, he wakes up finally. And then they they uh, you know K get to my, uh, get uh, grab the soldiers and the, the peasants and whatever. And it's like like the uh, uh, stable boys. We ride tonight, whatever. It's fucking amazing. And they're riding. Is that fucking great? All the fucking like land starts to grow green again. And like there's petals floating. And there's that great scene of like, I don't know how like uh, uh, John Borman got the shop. Is that great shot of like uh, of Arthur on the horse? But it's like, it's almost like they like they like they bolted a fucking like steady cam to the horse. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. Fucking amazing. Like it's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. It's like, how else do you do that? Did the actor just hold the camera? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Such I don't a know. cool I don't... shot. No, I, I agree, man. And, like, I feel like that's one of the, in my opinion, the best things about this movie is just how fucking good it looks. Like, like I said earlier, I cannot wait to see this on a 4K tran- you know, transfer. It's It's got to look unbelievable, man. I hope it happens, but I have, I have no idea. But, um, yeah, I really do hope it happens. But, uh this movie we got a petition arrow video. <laughs> oh well, that, man, yeah, that's, that's a that's a really great idea. I mean, we get arrow video on this thing and fucking do it, man, because they can they create some really great 4Ks. They do, so. they really do. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I, this is a, a incredible movie. I mean, a, a movie that maybe go and watch, go and listen to a fucking five hour uh, sermon, not sermon, but like a you know a tutorial on on this sort of uh, this history. history. Yeah. Which was, it's very fascinating to me um, how much it's been. I agree. Half the shit you told me tonight, man, I've been blown away by, dude. I love all this. (laughs) I got so much more. (laughs) (laughs) I believe Uh, it. All right. So, a little bit more about the history here, since I wrote a lot of that down. And I think we could jump back and forth if you want to. You know, it's sort of like, you know, talk about scenes from the movie. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I found out that uh, Professor Dorsey. I didn't really. This has nothing to do with the movie. Uh, it's more I didn't know about his like history historians, like historians. Sure. Uh, they hate the word dark ages. They hate that fucking word. Hate it. <laughs> huh. I didn't realize that before because they, they don't feel. I, yeah. They feel like it's not truly a dark age. They feel like a lot of things have cr- actually were uh, created in that period of time, and people had advanced in that time. And dark ages sort of like poo poos that. <laughs> and I kind of agree with worse. her too, but I, I don't. I'm not a historian, so I'm not really exactly sure. I'm assuming this is post like bubonic plague, so that's probably just the name they gave it. Which she, <laughs> which uh, Professor Dorsey also has uh, uh, has a course on. With Dark oh, Age. right on the the the, the Black Plague. I'm sorry, uh, but um, yeah. Uh, so it, there's been several names, whether or not it was Arthur, because uh, at a certain period of time after I think. After the sixteen, after the sixteen century, or after the eleven uh, hundreds, or four, nah, that's earlier than that. No, eleven hundreds like, would be the twelfth century. <clears throat> it might be six. It might be sixth century, but like uh, I think that Arthur became sort of a common name. So like it's okay. kind of hard. Like a lot of like kings and queens called their kids Arthur. So it's kind of hard to sort of pinpoint that. Fair enough. And like, and uh, I'm just talking on my ass. I know that the character of Arthur was supposed to be like the fourth, fifth century. 
but it wasn't written until like the fucking 13th. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's a big gap. Well, it, it, it originated here in the six, but um, there's a lot, but like they didn't like really form anything until like, uh, until like the 14th century, but I see what it, you mean. There's a there's a there's a lot of like uh, uh, when Arthur was created uh, this sort of, this idea of Arthur was created um, uh, basically the a man uh, there was a man who sort of held back um, uh, not Vikings but sort of Vikings um, uh, from a land and it was there's a lot of like war and uh, this one guy really held the, the he, he held the wall strong. Uh, right. <laughs> didn't make it. Didn't he failed eventually, but didn't didn't really work out. There's a lot of a, there's a lot of a Romanian and German and uh, uh, Walsh stuff like that. That a lot of that stuff was that sort of part of those islands and that sure. land. And but it kind of carried and you know uh, they they created a legend, right? But yeah. um, <laughs> uh, apparently at some point uh, he, they they came came up with a name called uh, Arterius, and Arterius might be. One of the most original, or or one of the most, uh, one of the origins of the Arthur name, Arturius. So, who knows? I don't. I don't know. It's a this badass is, sounding name. Pretty cool. Pretty <laughs> fucking cool. Um. Uh. Let's see here. Uh, so, at a certain period of time, people found. Oh, I, I told you about it before. Uh. So, Wace. I think I told you earlier. Wace uh, created. This is in the 12th and 14th century. Uh, he was a French writer, and he created the Round Table, which I thought was really cool. I think people think that uh, the English did that. Uh, Lockman, uh, he created the he did the he created some more like the the violent stuff. Um, and then uh, see, we have here. Uh, so uh, the Grail stuff comes a lot comes a lot from uh, the guy the the man who wrote. Uh, 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 the death of Arthur. He created oh, okay. the the Grail. The Grail stuff comes from to make him. it holy, I guess. Uh, no, quest, so to speak. Uh, the interesting part is the uh, that Mallory wrote nothing about God. Uh, God was not part of anything he wrote. The 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 other adaptees, they had God. God was put in there uh, into those stories. Uh, Mallory was the first one who used he didn't use any God at all. He used no words of God. Don't do you know? Don't pledge allegiance to to, to your king and God. He he did nothing like that. Basically, okay. what Ma what Mallory tried to do was like uh, be a human being. Um, do you want to be killed? You don't sure. want to be killed, right? Okay, well, the the, the knights. Go ahead. go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, of course, they would incorporate the religious aspect later down the road. That makes sense. <clears throat> Right, like, like, um, like Mallory tried to make, try to have the the knights true, like true human beings, like, 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 it's like not people. about God, <laughs> it's about people, yeah. yeah, it's about people, man, like, like, no one wants to get killed, no one wants to get fucking raped, no one wants to starve, everybody, uh, everyone wants to be judged equally, and that's kind of what Mallory did. He came okay. back and he tried to, he put this whole sort of crest, uh, with uh, and sort of loyalty to the knights of the Round Table, so that this stuff wouldn't happen. It, you know, we all, you know, I think uh, Professor Dorsey was like, 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 you know, it's funny to think about that now because we're human beings. But back then, <laughs> the you know, like you have to tell somebody, hey, don't rape that lady. Like, it's that's a big problem. <laughs> don't like, do it. It's like you Romeo. Know? They they would fucking throw slaves in there to get killed by animals. It's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You throw, <sighs> you throw a fucking th a thief into a, a burlap sack with a snake and fucking a bear and a Evil. fucking tiger or some shit. Throw them down the hill. You know, shit like that. 
but um, there was I, I didn't I wasn't getting I didn't get a chance to write his name down. But um, there was a guy who came out in a little bit before the 16th century, and ba- he was, I'm not sure if he was. I'm not sure what. Uh, I'm not sure whether or not he was French or. Uh, uh, what British, nationality? Yeah. What nationality was, but um, he basically. Oh, he was a mo- sort of a monk, sort of, okay. uh, maybe a priest, but um, uh, he was a do. He he basically took a bunch of history and created it in in basically kind of like the Cimmerillion. Will that help? Okay. To think about. It? Okay, so he basically took all that. He basically made that. I mean, the the whole history of the of Arthur is like a similarian, pretty much. Like it's like a fucking, it's a leveling up. Like it's just all this stuff encapsulated into one. Big so thing. Tolkien borrowed from that. Okay. Oh, Tolkien that definitely makes, borrowed. That makes from a lot of sense. Yeah. It, it he definitely did, but he basically created the first um, bestseller, um, and a lot of what we have to this day. I think it sold uh, two hundred. I think it sold uh, two hundred uh, scrolls, not scrolls, but like tomes. It sold two hundred tomes, okay. and we have. I think we have to this day. We have twelve of them, original tomes. Uh, what this man wrote. Um, that shit fascinates me, man. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, the crazy part is that Latin was for um, the royals, and in sort of plain English, um, it was for the sort of everydayers. You know. Okay. Uh, which is interesting <laughs> uh, And then um, uh, when Mallory came around He wanted it for both So he wrote it in English He didn't do Latin or any other shit Even there's Latin words in it But like he wrote it for this people The He wrote it for the people on the high So they could understand, yeah Yeah, he wrote it for everybody Pretty, pretty much It makes sense why that was the first like bestseller <laughs> Everyone yeah. had access to it, so to speak well, not not not. Well, Mallory's became that eventually, and then uh, uh, even Mallory's book, um, you know, the death of Arthur, that wasn't even his original title. We will never know what his original title was because his editor uh, fucked up, and he created he edited it in a weird way. So even though we have now, it's not even really his true words. There might be it's mixed up. Even his title is mixed shit. up now. Uh, Dude, we'll that's, never... that's very similar to the Bible. It's like the the translation of the word version is not. What it is today <laughs> for the Virgin Mary, right? Anyway, yeah. Crazy, right? Exactly. That's um, so fu- fucking fascinating. I'm so glad you listened to this shit, man. I know it's probably a labor of love, but man, this is just all great information. Yeah. Uh. Uh. uh what's his name? I said Creighton Detroit. He was. Uh, I think he was before the French and English literature. Uh, but he, but literally he, uh, this, this, this writer, um, he was, I, I, I think he might've been before the French and English stuff was written. Um, he, he changed uh, a certain character to Galahad. He had a different name. Right? Okay. Didn't write that down sadly, but, um, but I have a lot of notes here that, uh, <laughs> so anyways, so I, have, I think I have one more note here. Um, uh, Lancelot. Uh, Lancelot was created by um, he was he was created by Lockman, um, and Lockman uh, created a character named Lancelot the Cart. <laughs> and why they called him Lancelot the Cart is that when Lancelot left, I think, like like all right, so from what I gather uh, from Professor Dorsey is that um, 
the uh, Lancelot was this sort of like upbeat kind of guy. Um, he was very high spirited, like nothing really could affect him. Very positive all the time. Except uh, Guinevere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, uh, but he, but that, <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's adapt. You know, it's just like, you know, no, fucking, I, I'm just joking, man. You're you, no, you, I, know what you, I, know, I know what you mean. You kind of, I, I wish there was some way I can let you listen to this because it'll blow your mind too. Like, there's so oh, I'm going like, to listen to it. I, I, I've already got her name written down. I'm, I'm looking this up. Like, <laughs> like Audible has this, has her, 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 um, uh, has her courses. But if you go to YouTube, she has a writing course on YouTube. It's like all of her cool. courses. She's great to listen to. She's an awesome lady to listen to. Like, she even kind of like shits on like the King Arthur movie with uh, Clive Owen. Oh, like it's she, awful. Was, she was like, she's like, oh, cool. Like this new uh, King King Arthur movie is going to have like, they're going to have like deal with some uh, dramatic shit. That's going to be, that's going to be cool. And they, uh, it's not like, it's not that and, at all. And now Guinevere, like, <laughs> Keir Knightley is a fucking badass with a bow. <laughs> <laughs> fucking ridiculous. But um, so like, uh, uh, so Lancelot was a sort of positive figure, right? And uh, which, which he kind of is in this, in Excalibur too. I, right? I, so, I, I like his, his portrayal. Like even Mo is like, damn, like. Uh, Lancelot's dropping the love bombs as soon as he fucking meets Guinevere. Like, he wasn't <laughs> fucking around, good God. But I like, at, at the same time, it's one of those things like, it's fucked up and it's messed up. It's one of those shitty love triangles, to say the least. But it makes sense and it seems realistic. I guess yeah. that makes sense. Like, I'm sorry, Arthur, you, I don't care that you're king. You stand up for your fucking woman. There's not a thing on this planet. If, like, if that's my chick, I don't give a fuck what it is. <laughs> like, I'm going to defend her. And then you put that on Lancelot, so of course she's gonna run off and bang him. <laughs> you know, like goddamn, dude. There's like a, I, I just there's a lot of interesting things with that though too. Is that I, I love the uh, well. Let me finish this Lancelot part real quick. Um, so Go Lancelot the cart, right? So Lancelot the cart. Uh, they call him Lancelot the cart because he left Camelot once uh, one day or whatever, and uh, he's his horse ends up dying and falls <laughs> and dies or whatever. Um, and what happens that this is no joke. Um, a dwarf in a uh, uh, a cart with a horse. Um, it's going down the street and literally asked Lancelot, Hey, Sir Lancelot, you, you want to ride? He's like, yeah, all right. And he takes a ride and, uh, <laughs> takes a ride with him and, uh, finds another horse in a different village. But the thing is though, a night, especially a night of the round table, taking a fucking ride in a cart, it's pretty fucking like hilarious. Unheard and, of. And and unheard of. <laughs> unheard of. Also degrading in a way. Um, and then I guess war traveled fast from the dwarf and, uh, yeah, uh, Lancelot li uh, literally became Lancelot the cart after that for years. And Lancelot never uh, said about it. Yeah, whatever. Fine. Cares. <laughs> I'm the cart. <laughs> I'm the cart. <laughs> Two wheels um, and a big heart. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I will say, um, going back to the, the sort of the Lancelot stuff. Um, I do love that scene though with Arthur and Merlin, and they're they're like at Stonehenge or whatever, and um, uh, they're talking and basically, uh, well, may, it might not be Stonehenge, but um, there it's also there's... looked like it. Apparently, there's American tourists who saw them setting that up that shot and went up went up to it thinking it was like a historical landmark. Like now nah, we're shooting a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it yeah. makes sense that like I thought the same thing too. Uh, but um, I do love the scene where uh, that scene where like Merlin's basically just told, giving him all the truths. Like, like, listen, I know what's yep. going on right now. I, I, I've Lancelot and Guinevere are together now. And he's like, and then uh, Arthur's just like, will I have a, will I have a child? Like, will I have an heir? 
Like he's just like totally worried about having like the fact that he kind of seems to be over the whole thing about the affair, but more like, will I have a child? Like this doesn't matter who the child's from as long as they someone thinks it's my child right. is interesting. And then the fact where we have Merlin bringing, and I think uh, his Mor- love was equal for them both. I know that sounds weird, but I think yeah. he valued Lancelot as his closest best friend, and then Guinevere his love's life. You know what I mean? That's yeah. I think that was another part of it as well. Yeah, when Lancelot shows up at the end and he looks like Jim Morrison, like in the days Jim Morrison, like when he does a scream, living for, rough. For, when he when he screams at Nate, when he screams fucking Arthur, it's like brutal. I got chills from it. Like he screams yeah. so much, his voice breaks. It's like heartbreaking, man. It's fucked it's up. Primal. It's very sad. And then Arthur doesn't oh. get there in time. It's like, oh god. Yeah, yeah. But I love the scene though, where where um where Magan, uh, where where uh where Merlin takes her takes her down to the cor- that was it called the coil of the dragon or the yes. coil of the serpent, <clears throat> where basically where Merlin gets all of his power from, which is underneath the castle, and um uh. They do the sort of uh, the call of the dragon, or whatever it is. Uh, they trick to, each other. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, trick, yeah, tricks him out and puts him in the fucking glacier and shit. But um, I love that. I love that whole scene of like uh, Arthur on one side. We have uh, Guinevere and, and uh, Lancelot here naked, and there's some weird mirror shit in the middle. Yep. And we cut to we cut back and forth between that and uh, uh, Arthur's basically finding them. He brings a scalper and he stabs down. And he, in the morning, you find out that he's just put it. He put scalper between them. It's a great shot. It's a great yeah, scene. But, and then also, it pierces Merlin. Well, I always thought that was weird. Um, oh, I wrote that down too. I was, I was like, "This is." This I is, never fully understood that. And then the next shot, the sword is not in Merlin. Like I was like, "What the fuck? How did that kind of transfer that way?" Yeah, I was going to ask you the same thing. It's a great scene, but like, I'm like, I'm not exactly sure. The what only thing here. I can think of, it's like. Maybe you know Excalibur is meant to be, you know, an honorable weapon to fit an honorable king, and maybe just his anger and just pissed offness, and it, you know, I, I don't know. But him stabbing, like, had he killed Lancelot or Guinevere, I feel like that would have made more sense for it stabbing Merlin through the chest rather than right. just doing right. it in the stone. But I guess it's a callback to the original when Uther put the sword in the stone. I don't know. I, uh, to this day, that's still a brief scene that doesn't make sense to me. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not Which sure. Which why I love, I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's why we need to. I think that's why we should probably listen to the book and find out what, what happens. Sort of, and I, 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 there's no guarantee here is a, a, from a book that's wrote, written in the fucking 1400s. I have no idea if it's going to explain that either. But I mean, I mean, to, <laughs> or if I can understand it, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Like literally, like um, they're, they're, they're sort of one of the origins of Lancelot, uh, the guy who created Lancelot. Um, he wrote this amazing, he wrote this huge tome of a book, and literally between like uh six thousand, I think six thousand pages, five thousand pages, or it could be four. Jesus. Um. By four thousand, by four thousand in the middle, they found the word, the name Lancelot. So I, you know, I don't know. It could be anything there. I don't have no idea. But um, any Lance people, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great name. <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh, but yeah, I, I do love that scene. Yeah, I, I'm not, conf- I'm not sure about it. But, but then again, for me, Excalibur's always been an indie movie. I mean, it was well, a bit, yes, and then also film. just the the fantasy aspect of it, just like. You know, when uh, fucking Percival is hanging from a tree, but, you know, the, his other vision is him almost getting the grill before he gets out of there. I love the fantasy elements throughout this whole movie. It just works so right. fucking well. 
I, and I love the fact that, like, uh, I love when uh, Percival sees fucking uh, Gawain, like Sir Gawain, like, uh, 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 like going out, coming out of the forest, like basically naked, roped to his fucking horse, dead. Yep. And he goes in the woods and he finds the <laughs> finds the kid out there and like you want to find the cup of Christ or whatever you know you want to find the you know uh, the the cup. Follow and me, the creepy fucking kid in the gold yeah, suit. The creepy kid, yeah. <laughs> I'll stand by this fucking tree full of dead fucking fucking knights. Yeah, come on. And he goes up there and he goes to uh, Morgana's cave with Mordred and um, they have um, they have the uh, I, I keep forgetting the fucking name of it, Mike. I'm sorry. Uh, the the cup. Girl. The Holy Grail, yes. He finds the girl on the table, and like, uh, Bograna's like, like, hey, I, you've been, come a long way, uh, drink. And he, and I love all that, all that shit that he's trying to rationalize in his brain. All the fucking like, uh, all the it? different nights with all the different, all yeah, with all the, you know, everything. It's all, all the cups and everything, and and uh, her transition from her hair down over his oh, face, yeah. and she swipes it up, and and then how Mordred's just like, yeah, this guy's not gonna cut it. Just take him to the hanging tree, hang his ass. It's, like, it's so it's fucked up. Brutal. It's brutal. Him but watching. Him watching. Um, <laughs> right. Him. Him watching. Uh. Uh. Urines get fucking speared and paled in the fucking back and like hunted down like a fucking dog by Mordred and shit. It's brutal. And he he tells it to him like straight to his face like like I was too scared to help you. And he's like, "You're the last one, Percival. You're the last one. Like, I can't do it. I failed. It was in my grasp." It's like, bitch, you, know, you didn't get a choice right now. <laughs> you got no choice, motherfucker. And that's, 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 when he finds out, like, when, when Morgana tells uh, Percival, that, like, it's been a weary road, this weary road, this last 10 years. And he's like, has it been that long? Like, holy shit. You know, the, they have no idea. Heavy. Like, when he, when, he, uh, when Percival goes to the top of that mountain with that fucking uh, snow and he finds that soldier, he's like, did you find it? And he's a frozen skeleton. With a water in his, in, in, a cup of water in his hand, he's in, is he oh, holding it like, like, no, dude, I know, oh, it's I know. fucking bad shit, dude. It's bad. I know. It's such a cool, cool fucking scene. <laughs> and the, and I think uh, one of one of my favorite parts, besides uh, the Guinevere and uh, older Guinevere and older Arthur having that discussion um, right, in the nunnery, the yeah, and when he says like, like. Uh, I'm hoping. I hope one day we'll meet again. Uh, you'll be my wife. And she nods. And he says, "It is a dream I've had. It's a great. It gave you goosebumps." I agree. Um, and he leaves. And that 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 final battle that him and uh, 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 Mordred have. It's so quick and brutal. It's like what happened. Like whoa, whoa, holy shit! And then he brings a spear in. Like Mordred hits him I with the spear, pulls it in. Fucking stabs Mordred in the fucking chest with it. He spits out blood. And is that great uh, sunrise shot, which r- reminds me of a lot of like uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, like Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. So apparently he shot that with a mirror reflecting off of it and going back into the camera to get that bright shot. I fucking oh, love that. Oh, the optical <laughs> shit. That classic yeah. optical shit, dude. So yeah, cool, man. I love it. And, and poor Percival. He's just he's still there the whole time. Like, hey, Percival, he's you've hanging been, out. 10 years, you've been looking for this shit. <laughs> He's a sword. And, you know, and on, honestly, he's arguably the most honorable knight amongst them all. He, he takes up, he takes up the fight against Guinevere when her own fucking husband wouldn't even fucking do it, you know, sure. and not to mention her soon to be new lover. <laughs> <laughs> now we got we to oh, talk dude, about that. was another thing I want to say uh, that that sequence when Lancelot is dreaming in the forest and his armor becomes something and he fights the armor. And then wakes up with the sword oh, inside. Right. I've never understood. You don't see any kind of magic going before that. I just always thought that was an incredibly strange sequence. 
Well, there are. Um, I do know of one thing uh, from the original text that there is a dream. Uh, there is a dream of Lancelot between all uh, all the knights of the Round Table. Okay. Uh, where Lancelot um, uh, eventually, when he eventually dies after sort of, I don't know, um, he sort of reconnects with Arthur or sort of uh, proves himself again to Arthur, and he eventually dies. And all the knights get the dream of seeing uh, Lancelot ascend to heaven. Oh, okay. So there's there's a little bit of a dream, some dream stuff there. But from what I've what I've heard um, from uh, the Mallory book, the, the Mallory book in specific doesn't have a lot of that sort of shit in there. Not, it's sure. pretty straightforward. There's magical stuff. Uh, the Merlin stuff is it's a lot better than the original magical stuff from um, the old language. And uh, Mallory kind of. Uh, uh, does a better job editing and putting that stuff sorted together. So it's more comprehensive for people okay. to read. Uh, more but, of like um, a storytelling sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like literally the book um, uh, has like, uh, it started, it started with uh, Wass. Uh, his name is Wass, uh, W-A-C-E. Uh, Wass was one of the first ones or Wace, however you want to say it. It's the, uh, uh, he was one of the first ones to sort of like start to trim things and, and make things a through line of the story. So it's not as complicated, uh, mostly because uh, older, older stuff uh, had Arthur eventually become a, sort of a standby and like, like, uh, yeah, you uh, you go out and do that, my 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 knights. You go do it. Uh, but okay. uh, but even earlier stuff, um, uh, uh, Arthur was there all the time. He's always part of the adventure, right? Um, there's even stuff. Sure. There's even stuff with Lancelot, um, uh, which I don't think I told you yet. But uh, there's some stuff with Lancelot who was so uh, adventurous and wanted to, wanted to prove himself so much. There. There's a, there's um, there's a time where he uh, goes to a castle with a haunted bed. And he goes sleeps in a haunted bed just to prove himself as a knight, you know, stuff what like that. The fuck, yeah. Which don't which, bang um, over there. Don't bang over there. <laughs> <laughs> which, um, if, if anybody's listening to this, and Mike, you too, um, if anybody's ever watched uh, Jim Henson's Storyteller, I definitely oh, uh, yes. would like you guys to go listen, go watch the episode called Fear Not, all the same word, F E A R N O T, and very much sort of a Lancelot sort of story. He just uh, he cannot fear anything like lancelot but then once guinevere is next to him that's when he sort of fears because it's his queen and then he wants to make love to her and whatnot and then then he fears (laughs) the most when there can can be no king without his sword you know uh stuff like that but um yeah it's very fascinating uh but i um, agree man for sure and sword tellers i think that's on prime for free if i'm not mistaken Oh yeah, I think you might be right. But also, I think there's some stuff on Netflix, not Netflix, uh, YouTube as well. Oh, right on, cool. Uh, but um, but yes, um, there's a lot of excitement when Arthur says it's right. Uh, the knights right again. They all right again. Uh, there's also a, a huge excitement when Lancelot shows up at the ending battle and takes I love him, like, that. Takes like fucking ten dudes out, like fucking takes them in out in no time. <laughs> um, and I love you know one of my favorite parts of this movie is um uh is um Percival when he shows up. To that, like when uh, when uh, urines uh, urines says like um, like, can you hear that sound? And it's like this crying sound and wailing oh, sound. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he like walks up, and it's like these people like from the Black Plague, or basically just the land is dying. And they're and, like, tell the king, 
Yeah. The king. Such and a they show, he show, uh, 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 Percival shows up and like fucking Lancelot is like a monk and he's like fucking a crazed monk. He's like, Oh, look at it. It's a fucking night. What's up? <laughs> and, like beat the fuck out of like, uh, and all these people come up and beat the fuck out of fucking Percival and throw him in the fucking river. He's like, Lancelot, That's what we need that you first help vision. yeah, with him shedding his armor. And I was like, Holy fuck, Lancelot yeah. been living rough. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's crazy. Like, 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 literally, Lancelot looks like uh, he looks like Char- looks like Charles Manson. <laughs> so, Charles real. Manson and fucking uh, what's or like the Duke and Boondock Saints. <laughs> 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 fucking crazy, and I, uh, I love love that sequence so much. Okay, so um, do you have any questions about the ending of the movie? To be honest, Arthur? no. To me, it's very straightforward, at least from a fantasy type of tale. Um, it, you know, because I know in the original story, he goes, he's off and buried in Avalon or whatever the the kind of magical island. Yes, heaven was at that point, so to speak. Right. <clears throat> but no, I mean, the, to me, I, I, what I love the most about the ending, of course, is that final sequence where he drags the spear further into him just to kill his own son <laughs> like yeah, yeah it's just so well done and of course the sequence um like like we were talking about percival going to throw the sword can't throw the sword comes back arthur's like fuck you bitch go throw this goddamn sword in a calm <laughs> lake does that comes back and arthur's you know he's he's, he's already carried out on the boat yeah by yeah. i i don't know what these people are but i love that sequence it's now, just such is, a cool looking shot i agree with that this is my thought though because of the legend and that possibly Arthur had two or three wives, I thought maybe it was all three wives on that. It's boat. all the bitches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those are some um, very. I'm glad I, they get along. No. <laughs> and also, um, uh, Avalon. I always thought that was like that. The uh, it, it sounds very familiar of Tolkien's. Like, what, what's the where the elves are going? You know, at the end of uh, at the beginning of Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, they're all leaving the land. Um, Elven, Elven, or like the, of the Dying Lands or whatever. Yeah, I can't remember. Basically, the where Frodo, name. where Frodo goes with fucking uh, Gandalf at the end. Sure, you know, on the boat. I the I, other, I can't remember the term, but yeah. But like, it reminds me a lot of the the, the dying land, dying land scene, you know, because you know, Frodo got stabbed sure. earlier on with that that uh, the wraith spear, and he's kind of been dying the whole time until like his sort of objective has been done. And right. then he can move on. You know? Well, it's 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 also in in Lord of the Rings. It's to help carry the burden of carrying the ring for so long, too. Uh, right. But he's still alive. I don't think Arthur is. Yeah, I think he is ascending to his heavenly place, so to speak. <laughs> okay, well, let me tell you what. Uh, let me tell you about this. Um, so, um, Arthur is not dead. Okay. Arthur is taken to Avalon to to where he could po- he's possibly uh, possibly to be healed and come as the same Arthur or um, uh, a new Arthur, sort of like uh, reincarnation of Arthur. Oh, so he's just he is Jesus Christ. Okay, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes, that's the thing. It's like Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, the further you go back in history, the more these tales seem the same. Right. <laughs> um, he, he Arthur in the in the original text. Well, well, not in the original text, but in in Mallory's text, and I think well, there is a couple of other texts too that kind of feel the same way. But I think uh, Mallory's text sort of solidifies things, like where Arthur's like, I will I will come back to save Britain. Uh, and that will come back to sort of um, make things anew again. And um, that's why there's never, it's why I think Arthur has 
or the Lady of the Lake, because there's no Lady of the Lake. I've heard haven't heard anything about Lady of the Lake yet, but like um, I, I think it's that's a sort of thing. Like 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 Arthur is that ultimate king for Britain, and um, Britain will not will be safe until something happens that or where Arthur will have to be called back again and bring up the sword from Scotland yeah. again. Yeah. But yeah, really, really fascinating shit. Very, uh, both very, you know, godlike. And, and uh, yeah, I, I thought it was, thought that was really it was interesting. Funny. In the movie, they mentioned Lancelot as more like the god. Do, do, do you not think him a god? <laughs> I think it's what Williamson <laughs> says. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But Arthur's the one, though. Arthur's the one. Yeah. I agree, for sure. I mean, I think, what, what's his name? Uh, what, what's Berlin, uh, Merlin says, like, it's your love that brought me back, you know? So. Uh, yeah, you're right. Something very powerful there, and I, I also love. We haven't mentioned it yet, but I love all of the Merlin like walking through the fucking enemy camp shit and like yes. fucking hitting Morgana up with like nightmares and shit. It's amazing, dude. And also, I I thought so at the very beginning, the little thief that steals the weapon or whatever that forces Arthur to go search. I feel like that may have been Merlin as a trick. You never see that guy again, hmm. and then as soon as he pulls the sword out in front of everyone. Uh, Merlin is right there walking up. You know what I mean? Like, I was interesting. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I do love the fact there's no proof behind that. It's not that weird. (laughs) Right, right. I I do love the fact that Merlin, not Merlin, that Arthur's like uh, brother basically um, doesn't lie to the father. Like, I didn't pull. I agree. Yeah, yeah, and also too, when he gets knighted in the river, the guy could just cut the fucker's head off. <laughs> he literally hands him Excalibur. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I like yeah. that as well. I like that a lot. I thought it was really cool, and I, I and I love the um this, the, the the trial of uh, Percival as well. I think it's really great, and uh, him coming about, and I love a it's lot of the, the characters. Third, so, I think it's the third best storyline in the movie. Like Percival is just as important as Morgana. Arthur and Lancelot and Guinevere are, you know what I mean? Like it all works together in this film very well. And I think um, the fact that um, Gawain, uh, you know, him not drinking from the cup and sort of his reaction to that uh, and then the sort of battle and all that and whatnot. And then him at the end with, uh, not at the end, but like at the point where like uh, Arthur is basically like, I, and he drinks from the cup. We had, we had to drink from the cup, and uh, the fact that he's like, our king speaks, we must find the cup. And then, I I, I, and I love a line where King, where, uh, 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 where Arthur's just like, follow the signs. And it's awesome. It's fucking great. I agree. For great. sure, man. Yeah, it's the be- in my opinion, it's the, it's the best adaptation of this uh, story, in my opinion. I haven't I, seen them all, but this is one of my favorites i've seen a few and i know there's a lot more older movies but yeah this one is just incredible (laughs) there's quite a few it's it's arguably one of my favorite fantasy tales of all time but you know obviously based in somewhat of a reality and like i'm so glad we got to talk about this with green knight it's such a perfect pairing man i agree i agree i totally agree and i i i I wouldn't and i wouldn't be uh i mean i would be down for some more sort of adaptations (laughs) like this i know mark twain did one too so, oh yeah, I, guess, I was I was I was looking into that. You're right. As a Mark Twain, it was an adaptation in the '60s or '50s. Uh, that's his ad- adaptation, which I I wouldn't mind watching that either. You know, so um, I'm I, down. I'd love, I'd love to talk more about this kind of stuff because I think it's very fascinating. But I, I I have a feeling though this might be the uh, this might be the best one. <laughs> I agree. It's just so well done too. Realistically, I mean, Money Python 
definitely hits all these. They, they, <laughs> they, they hit everything. They even had a Galahand. Uh, Galahand's in there. You know, but, I fucking uh, love that movie. So <laughs> do I. But like, like they they do hit, in a weird way. Mighty Python hits a lot of these fucking things too. I mean, I it's weird, like how fucking respectful and how true they are to this storyline. It's crazy, though. So. And still making it more hilarious than it should be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With a flying fucking savage rabbit killing so everybody, fighting up your heads. Uh, but um, anyways, I I I don't think this thing is streaming anywhere. Me and Mike both rented it. Um, well, well, Mike owns it. His, him and his brother own it. But like, I rented it from Voodoo. So um, I'd say definitely try give this thing a watch. It's a two hours and twenty minutes. I believe twenty minutes. It is. Yeah, yeah, almost two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't feel the two hours. That in my opinion, no, like, it, it moves like flies really. by. Um, but I there's also, so much fucked up shit going on. <laughs> a lot of fucked up shit going on, but I think it's really paced really well. And uh, John Borman, uh, who co-wrote this, obviously, uh, we said before with uh, Rothwell Pillingberg, um, I think they did a great job at adapting this thing. Um, right. And uh, Professor Dorsey didn't say too much about this movie, besides um, that it's, it's it's an adaptation of uh, Thomas Miller's uh, his book. You know, the, the death of Arthur. But, um, yeah, I, I think they did a really fantastic job with this. And I, I don't I have never seen a movie since this time specifically with King Arthur. Because most of the stuff after this is like it's not specifically King Arthur. It's more like uh, Lancelot and stuff like that. But King Arthur in this movie is portrayed so well, so well written, so well. Nigel Terry, Nigel Terry does a great job in this movie and. It is like uh, you could you could get tears from it, man. Especially that oh, scene yeah. the all the principal man. cast, but him especially. Holy shit! Yeah, it just it, knocks it out of the park. I agree, man. I agree. A lot of great practical effects, like Mike said. A lot of uh, a lot of great um, uh, props and just and some, matte paintings and shit like matte that. Paintings are amazing. So well, yeah, so well done. And Borman brings all the great fucking tricks he's got uh, to as a director to make a, a fine looking film. And if anybody wants to do some, wants to really uh, get hooked with this thing, I'd say just go to YouTube and see if you can't just find like uh, King Arthur and Excalibur uh, where the the flowers grow or, 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 um, or petals. Just watch the whole scene. That scene is amazing. And I think yeah, it is enough for you to get into this fucking movie, dude. So. And it's just it, in my, you know, for, for my kind of closing, it's just one of the best fantasy films I've ever seen, man. Dealing with medieval times and old tales like this, it's just a visual fucking feast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just incredible. I agree. I agree. Well, uh, well, Mike, that was a lot of fun. Yes, sir. Um, anything else to say, buddy, before we get off here? Uh, no, man. Just that, to be honest, it's it's kind of weird going back and seeing a movie made in 1981 that still just holds up so well today. It's it's just Inspiring. It's fucking incredible. Yeah, it really is, man, for sure. And I'm just glad we got to talk about these. I love these old tales with the green knight in this. It was a fun pairing for me. I agree too, man. I, I had a lot of fun. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a, it's a great flick. And every time I go back to it, I just, I, just new stuff to, for me to find. And uh, especially this time around, I watched, I listened to a fucking five hour lecture. That's a 12 hour lecture, but I listened to five hours of it. So, you know, it was a new, it was like a new experience for me like, all over again. So, um, <laughs> can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah, you can't go wrong with it. No. Um, uh, but, um, anyways, I want you guys to, uh, if you guys want to check it out, um, I, I highly recommend it to you. If you have Audible, um, I, I go to the great courses 
Um, it's on Audible, and look up Professor Dorsey Armstrong's uh, uh, her speech and her course, her courses on um, on this section of King Arthur. I'll get the actual name here: uh, King Arthur uh, History and Legend. And uh, it's a 12 hour speech and it's all her. And uh, I, I didn't realize this, but it's supposed to be a, a, something you're supposed to listen to th- uh, 30 minutes a day. <laughs> I did not do oh, that. Shit. I did it five hours. A day. I did five hours of it today. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, they said in the beginning of the episode, like, like, oh, it's this thing you can listen to like 30 minutes a day and you, you'll get it, get used to it. I'm like, um, I got a lot. So I got a lot of this right now. So I got some yeah. time. It's the only time I got. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. I think Doris, Dorothy Armstrong, Dorothy Armstrong, is a, an incredible professor, but also she breaks it down in a really great way, a simplified way, uh, to where it's not too confusing. Uh, she gives you gives a lot of info, but um, she's a, a delight to listen to. She's funny, and she's fun to listen to, and she's got some really great vids on YouTube. And uh, please check her out. Uh, give her all the uh, all the cred she deserves. Uh, she's a all fantastic person. And um, check out some more. And also check out some John Borman movies. I mean, there's a lot of great John Borman movies out there. I mean, you know, one of the best ones for me is is definitely Deliverance, but also um, the movie with the uh, what's his name Matthew uh, with Matthew. Are you talking about before Mike? Uh, uh, the Green Knight. Wait, what? Not a great night. Uh, the movie, the 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 Hitman movie. Uh, the what's it called? Uh, point Point Blank. Yeah. Oh shit! My sorry. Yeah, Parker. <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, what is it? Uh, Lee, I'm sorry, not Math Out. Marvin Lee Marvin. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, you get that. It's a fucking awesome movie. Um, I think it's. I'm with Mike. Zardoz is great. Cobra's great. Um, I you know, hey, listen, Exodus uh, Two, Exodus Two, The Heretic, it ain't great, but man, what a great looking fucking movie. So I got <laughs> I <agree. laughs> uh, but um but yeah what a what a what a really fascinating sort of story and um what a very fascinating tale and uh one of the greatest adaptations uh to probably been, ever made yeah 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 I, I think so too so all right you guys take it easy out there don't be a piece of shit and um what does arthur say uh love is blind <laughs> No, love is no, it's Merlin. Love is deaf and also blind. Love is deaf and also blind. <laughs> so be smart out there, fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Think with the right head. <laughs> Later, guys. Later.